Hello everyone and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts. I'm Mike Murphy. I'm joined by Joe Fortunato, who's currently holding one of his offspring, one of his spawn. Uh, I think we're going to have to do a mega show tonight because Joe's car uh, rolled over and burst into flames um, and smashed down the gate of a local zoo. And tigers are now roaming the uh, the Connecticut wilds uh, in, in the... What sort of trees you got in Connecticut, Joe? Is it pine? What do you got? Oaks, red oak. I would like to know which one of you performed the satanic ritual that, like, Mike and I just were not permitted to have a Monday, I guess, to ourselves anymore. Yeah, the last four or five Mondays have all just been a, a it's shit It's been show. an absolute shit show. All on my behalf, for the most part. Yeah, nothing really happens so. to me. I'm always just ready. Well, uh, you know what, yeah. Mike? Go, uh, Speaking just Speaking of it. shit shows, Joe, um, the preseason is over, and we heard the final cuts for the Rangers. And we've also learned, per Rick Carpinello, that Michael Haley is not only still with the team, but he will be getting a contract, reportedly. And Philip Heedle and Vitaly Kravstov are both in the AHL. And, of course, Libor Hayek makes the main roster. Uh, he's one of the 7D. And Joe Morrow, who is I mean, the let's other just, guy let's, on a let's, What are, what are we even gone. doing here? Let's just get to the forwards. Are we really surprised? I mean, are we really surprised... They've been they've been hinting at this since the beginning of training camp. Larry Brooks was the one who talked about how Howden, how Howden came in chiseled and it, this two way center bullshit that it's just this North American narrative that continues to get pushed by the media, and it's lazy, quite frankly. I mean, the all the reasons why you know you would put Heedle in the AHL, he's not ready to be a checking center, and well, they want to see what he looks like at center, and he needs to get big minutes down there. Just give him the two C roll. He hasn't earned it. I don't give a shit. Strom hasn't earned it. Are you out of your mind? And that's the angriest I'm going to be about it. Because Joe's you know what? I, I don't... I, I can't bring myself to get frustrated any more than I have been already. It is what it is. The Rangers, they're going to do what they want to do. Because I thought Howden was pretty close to invisible. I think um, he may have been the worst of the kids. But there's a, a stigma that comes play, along with Howden that yeah. Quinn buys into. And he bought into all year last year. That he's a great two-way player. And... I mean, listen, God willing, I, I hope he does wonderful in the 3C role uh, or the 4C role. I don't even know where they're putting him. Um, I have bigger issues with, like, the McKegg thing doesn't bother me, but, like, he's far more suited to be the 13th forward on this team. You know, Bunieves could have easily been the 4C. The Rangers wanted nothing to do with that. They sent him down. He has to pass through waivers. Um, you're going to put one of Howden and Anderson in the 4C role. And that insinuates, since Jeff Gordon said, you know, we didn't think Heedle or Kravstoff were good enough to be in the top nine. So what does that say about their thought process when it comes to Howden or Anderson and their long-term development, that they could sit there? It's just a weird, like, you go in with all the kids. You should be stoked about Kako. You should be stoked about Fox. You should be thrilled with uh, the fact that Hayek made the team. But, like, yeah, that's fun. I, fun what is, lining. I don't understand the plan. I don't get what they're thinking uh, like, if you don't want to have them down there, fine. You're going to play Lemieux as, like, a third-line winger? That's the plan? You could have very easily done a Lemieux-Nemestikov fast fourth line. Or... And still give Kravstov uh, I mean, and, and still top, give Kravstov and Heedle a third-line role. Put Strom down there if you really want to. I, I just... Look, it's, it is what it is. They're doing what they're doing. I... I Joe I think another. Upset. Well, here's what I'm really upset about. There's this just stigma that's going around now that 
Oh, anybody who reacts to news is an idiot. A week ago, everybody was mocking people who were like, well, it really looks like Strom is going to be the 2C, and he's the 2C. A year and a half ago, two years ago, everybody was mocking three years ago that, oh, everybody's worried about Tanner Glass. And then Tanner Glass is playing in a playoff game instead of, and Cody you know, McLeod, yeah. Kevin Hayes. Cody McLeod, it's the same thing. Like, just, yeah. it's not cool to not give a shit about things. It's not cool to be like, oh, I have a blog, and I'm going to tell you how dumb it is that you care about line combinations. Like, this is what we do, Okay. I don't know what to tell you. If you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to write about it, then don't write about it. But there I you see go. you making those comments on Twitter and then writing <laughs> stories about this shit. I don't care. The entire point of having a website is to write and comment about the fucking team. And it's stupid that the Rangers sent down Hedl and Kravstov. I'm sorry. I thought out of all of them, I thought Kravstov, outside of Anderson, Kravstov looked the best. It was Anderson, Kravstov, Hedl, and then Howden. And I think there's a big gap between Hedl and Howden. And listen, did Hedl struggle? Really good. Did Hedl struggle in the preseason? You bet your tits he did. No bet question about that whatsoever. But like Strom shows, like what does Strom bring to the table that you're just gifting him a two C role? I mean, seriously, was last year not enough for you that hey maybe you shouldn't be putting him with your prize second overall pick? I mean, maybe as my son just, cries. They're just gonna build up his value and then and then deal him. But do you believe that? Like, do no, you really that's, believe that's that? Because that's not the Rangers have never operated that way. Michael Haley made like this is what really bothers me. Yeah, well, if well, you tell me what bothers if you. you this belief that oh you need a guy like Michael Haley in the lineup even as a thirteenth forward it's a disgrace. A disgrace. It's a disgrace. Bring Hedl or not Hedl. Bring Nieves into the lineup. Play with Letieri. I don't. It doesn't matter who it is. You don't need Haley in the lineup. I want to know a fact about Michael Haley. Sure. In the last four seasons, he's the only guy to have over 200 penalty minutes in a season. Yeah, that's exactly what the Rangers need. I mean, and you know, the flip side to this is, like... He's 33 years old. The Rangers have a lot of new pieces. The Rangers have a lot of young pieces. You should be really excited about the season. This is just like a bad, bitter taste in your mouth of, the, like, we're starting. It's not even October yet. It's and a, the Rangers the are kind of giving... The sandwich the, you've really been looking forward to that has, like... Some wet bread going on. They're, they're, like you're giving an enormous middle finger to this, uh, the development that you could put out on the ice. And I don't want to hear the bullshit about oh the Rangers play four times in the first two weeks and you know this is jockeying about that. That's not true. It's not true. If Hedl and Kravstov were going to make the team, they would have made the team and then been sent down. They weren't. They didn't make the team. The Rangers didn't think they were good enough to be in the top nine. Uh, and it's impossible to have this conversation without at least dragging somebody through the mud. I don't think Howden is a top nine player in the NHL. Not this year. I hope he turns into one. I don't think he is one. It's not to say give up on him. It's not that, oh, he's a bust bullshit that we had to deal with with Leas Anderson. But the reality of the situation is he is not the best player for the 3C role. You didn't want to give Hedo the 2C role? Fine. Then give him the 3C role. The Rangers didn't want to do that either. So now he goes down to Hartford where, you know, you hope and pray that John Davidson got things right and that Hartford is not going to be an absolute disaster because now you have Lindgren, you have Kravstov, you have Hedl, and you have Shesterkin down there. And those are guys who could legitimately be playing for the big club in a couple of weeks. So I want to ask you a question. Shoot. Uh, Because I have a story going up on Banter tomorrow, which will be really today when people are listening to the show where I just kind of look at, reflect specifically on Haley, McKegg, and Hayek making the team. 
because in my mind, those are the guys who kind of won their quote unquote like preseason training camp battles. You know what I mean? Like you could say McKegg and Haley beat out Nieves and Phil DiGiuseppe and Vinny Lettieri, yada yada yada, and of course. Uh, Hayek beat out everyone he had to beat out for that 6-7 role. You know, it's him and Smith will kind of be, I'm guessing, you know, just like a a lazy Susan, which one goes in. I would imagine for the time being, it'll be Smith at 7. I want to know, because I'm kind of fascinated by this, preseason's really short, Joe. Um, and like, for instance, Brett Howden played two games. He had two points. He had a goal. Um, you know, and Michael Haley played in four games. Uh, Tarmo uh, Rayoninen, who he only played in one game. He's actually been loaned back to uh, to Luca, I believe. And no one played. You know, there's only a handful of guys. I think it's six guys who played in four games. And one of those guys was Kravstov. One of those guys was Elias Anderson. One of those guys was Strom, and one of those guys was Michael Haley. Which leads me to believe those were the guys they really wanted to have an extended look at. Whereas Brett Howden played two games which is as many games as guys like Panarin played and Buchnevich played, Vladdy played. It's kind of like, you know, is that because they felt like they knew what they had with with how? Oh, I a thousand percent think this lineup was set yeah. three weeks ago and the Rangers that's, needed to be what I'm showing something here. else. Yeah. And then that, that's what's kind of frustrating. And again, this is not like the let's shit on Brett Howden hour, but... After watching his body of work last year, after watching Ryan Strom's body of work last year, <clears throat> excuse me, and watching what they did in the preseason, what told you, oh, we have to give these guys roles on the team? I mean, if you're going to punish Hedo for his struggles in the preseason, you need to punish Howden too, or else there isn't accountability. If you're not going to give Kravstov a shot at the, at the wing role, and I get that the wing is a little bit more cluttered, but like... The Rangers don't have money, and they gave $700,000 to Michael Haley. I get it. You can send him down without any cap ramifications, but he does not need to be here. It just, it, it, I fully agree with you. I think the lineup was set three weeks ago, and they just wanted to confirm what they thought they saw. And when you're coaching like that, and look, this is not a, I still have faith in David Quinn. The big stuff he got right. Zabanajad, Buchnevich, Panarin is the right first line. Having Kako in the top six is the right decision. We're not necessarily, like, Adam Fox making the team is right. There's a lot of things. Shea, Truba, like, all that stuff is fine. It's the bottom six stuff where I feel like the Rangers are so worried about the fact that that top line is going to soak up a lot of minutes that they're like, well, we can't have a bottom six with the kids they need to develop. And that's fine. But that insinuates that you're going to have a lights-out second line of Kreider, Strom, and Kako. I don't know if that's going to be the case, especially in the beginning. I agree, man. It's... You're, you're putting a lot on Ryan Strom to be a competent second-line center. Whereas, and he didn't even show yeah. the ability to be a competent third-line winger last year. Whereas I do think there's something to be said about letting Heedle be there. Like, let, I think you and I both agree Like he just didn't have a great preseason. But I think sending him down to Hartford, like, I, I desperately hope the plan there is he's the first-line center, and the idea being let him work through it and get comfortable in that position, you know, at this level. And then he can make the step back up to the main roster. But I, I don't know, 
I'm one of those people I just like. That's got to be a tough conversation to have, too, right? Like, you were good enough to be in the NHL last year. Sorry, kid. Not good enough this year. Get down to the AHL. And listen, I'm sure he's going down to the AHL with all the right intentions. I'm sure the the coaching staff gave him. It it absolutely has to. And it has to kill your motivation. And that's that's the flip side. Like, if Hito goes down and puts up 10 points in his first 10 games, I don't think the coaching staff is going to be like, well, we need to get this guy in here. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, so. I think they're very set with what they have, at least in the beginning. It insinuates, too, that, like, there is this continued reliance on, well, you need a guy like Haley around, just in case. Just yeah, in case. Yeah, like, we might have a different Make McKegg the 13th philosophy. forward, and that's a totally different conversation. Then, and listen, McKegg had a great preseason. Then you're at least talking about, hey, this is a guy who can play hockey. He's not a plug. He's not here to punch faces. McKegg can play. We're going to put him in when there's injuries and whatnot. And then you know what? If you have an issue with the kids, Hedl's not playing that well as the 2C, and you got to juggle some things around. Somebody's got to sit in the press box. Fine. But to have Michael Haley there, and look, you you do want a a 13th forward who, much like a 7th defenseman who we're suggesting maybe Smith, that it doesn't matter when they go into the lineup, they cannot play for weeks at a time, you're not worried about their development, the insinuation here is not that that should be a kid. I fully agree that Kravstov, Hedl, if they were going to be 4th line or bust, then it's bust. Send them down to the AHL. Same thing for Hayek. Hayek is not here to be the 7th defenseman. It's got to be Smith or Stahl, but it won't be Stahl. So what the hell is the 3rd line? Well, I think the third line right now, what was it? Somebody, uh, I think Colin Stevenson tweeted it out. It's, uh, I think it's Nieves, or not Nieves, it's um, Lemieux, Howden, and... Vladdy? McKegg? No, it's... it's. So Vladdy's on the fourth line. Not, yeah, now you're going to make me fucking, you're going to make me look this up. Well. Because you're just a huge jerk to me. A jerk in my face. Uh, let's see. It's Panarin's Benjamin Buchnevich. We know that it's Kreider. It's Strom, and it's um, Kako. We know that. Forty-eight is Lemieux. Twenty-eight is Anderson. Oh, Anderson. And then fourteen is who? Fourteen is McKeg, I guess. Yeah, fourteen McKeg. Ninety is Nemestikov. Twenty-one is Howden. Seventeen is Fast, and then thirty-eight, which I'm assuming is uh, Haley, is the spare. Oh. So that is what we're expecting. So Leas is three C. Leas is three C, which he should be based on the way he played. But, like, again, what are you saying about Howden that if you're, again, if you're going to make the point that, hey, Howden's development is no longer paramount as a as a top six center, right? We're willing to put him on the fourth line. Why wouldn't you put Nieves there then and put Howden down in, a, in the AHL? It's like, you, you know what I'm saying? There's not, there's logic for some, and then it stops and it changes the other way. No, it's a very fair question. And like I and and Nieves is on waivers. I would not be surprised if yeah. he got picked up. He's a great fourth line player. He could be. A lot of guys have already cleared though. There's there have been some. You know, we haven't seen anyone really get. Cleared. Joshua Hosang is coming up. Um, um, Daniel Sprong is on the. We'll see what the Rangers do with that tomorrow or today. I guess or if you're listening to it in your ear because it's or they chose to you know sign Michael Haley. But uh, Shut yeah, the there's up. there's a lot about the roster that we have left with after the dust settles, like obviously there's no surprise in that Igor is in the AHL. Um, I think it's a very encouraging sign that, uh, that Libor Hayek got, you know, got the, got the nod to stay up with the big team. I was a little surprised that, you know, that's, this is the group they're going with on D in terms of not, I, I figured once Joe Mora was invited on a PTO, that it was like an inevitability. He was going to sign, um, 
the fact that they went with Haley instead. Obviously, God, we were already... so worried about Moro when it was Haley the whole time. He knew. Yeah, I I did a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Mike. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Like I did some digging into Haley, you know, and, and specifically what what he might have done in this preseason to turn heads, and he got in three fights, Joe. Uh, he threw five hits. He averaged less than eight minutes a game, and uh, he took two minor penalties. Uh, he also, of course, scored a goal that was completely created by Greg McKegg. You know, it was just, he, you know, I think McKegg stole it from Corey Schneider behind the devil's net and centered it to Haley, who had a wide open net. Like, Haley, I think, I will say this about Haley, he's an incredibly tough guy. Like, he fought uh, Johnston on the Islanders, who's literally six inches taller than him. Like, you have to be, you know, someone who's just made differently for most people to, to stay in the NHL the way he has. Like, you know, I don't know how he, like, can sit down on a but, bicycle but it's also, with balls as big as he has. With all that being said, he's just not... But it's he's not, not just exactly that. Like, what we need to see here. And Jim Benning in Vancouver, did you hear his comments today? No. He basically said they had, like, enough skill in the lineup. That's why they sent some guys down. Yeah, it's uh, like this is the way that these guys think. They get paid millions of dollars. It feels very to me to have Michael Haley on the team. It well, it feels very AV to me. As much as that's gross to say, like this is exactly this is the Tanner Glass thing, and and we're assuming the worst. If Haley is used as a thirteen forward, whatever. But like, why on a team where you already have Brendan Lemieux? Right. Why does it have to be like? What do you need him for? On a team where you actually have Brendan Smith, who you can play as a fourth. As a forward, the whole point of Lemieux is that you don't need Haley, and the Rangers just can't help themselves. And that's that's. I think that's actually that sentence really sums it all up because I know we've been ranting on this one for a while now. But that does. I enjoy the the rant. I need the on the head. It's. It's you have Lemieux who can play hockey. You have McKegg who can play hockey. He's not a fighter, right? But he's like, all right, he's a better option than someone like a Michael Haley or a Cody McLeod. And here we find ourselves with Michael Haley. And of course, people were even joking, like, watch the Rangers sign Haley. And the whole, like, and you and I both suspected, oh do. no, Haley's here because Lemieux is holding out. Lemieux's hold out. You know, doesn't last through the preseason I, I don't even, training camp, and we still end up with Michael Haley. I wish that was true. I think Haley was here because the Rangers sat down and they thought, well, we might need a guy like Michael Haley. And then they talked themselves into the fact that they needed a guy like Michael Haley, and here we are. I will say this, Joe. There's, it feels like the Rangers front office spent a lot of time watching last year's playoffs. Michael Haley played in 11 games for the Sharks in the playoffs last year, and Greg McKegg, of course, played... I think it was Carolina. 12 games with Carolina. But, like, I, I do them. McKegg is fine. McKegg is one thing that's a totally different conversation. Haley does not need to be here. Period. He does not. I'm sorry. You can make whatever argument you want about shepherding the sheep and, oh, you need veterans and blah, blah, blah. Truba plays a tough game. McKegg plays a tough game. Lemieux is obviously here. He plays a tough game. I don't, uh, I don't know what you want. And again, I hope he never sees the ice. I mean, let's be honest. He might not, but there's, I think there's plenty of reason that until we're proven, things are proven otherwise, that there are concerns about the way that the Rangers go about their business in that sense. I mean, there's so much to this. Like the fact that, remember, like, if Bolesky wasn't even brought into training camp, they just said, you're in Hartford. 
you know, like, and of course, I know with all the cap constraints, that is obviously a significant factor here. But but if that's the more true, I think about it, why is Haley here? Yeah, but the more I think about it, the more I think there's something to the point, like that you brought up, which is they just had the roster already kind of written down in ink, and they forgot to found, like find a pencil. They're like, yeah, this is this is what we're going with. The fact that we don't have like. The fact that we don't have Kravstov isn't, you know, it's not really shocking, but the Heedle thing is, that's the thing that is, that's the biggest story out of training camp now. It's not that, like, as bad as it is that Michael Haley is signed a contract and, you know, might take games away from someone like Leah Anderson or Howden, the fact that Philip Heedle, after playing in 75 games last year, is not on this team. It's um honestly astounded. I would have never guessed that two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But yeah, neither would I, buddy. I stand by it. I think the Rangers knew what they wanted from the jump, and they were like, "Up, oh, that's it. This is what we're gonna go with." So, yeah. Yeah, they did a, a Michael. What earlier, are you? What I are you excited today, about? Really quick, Joe. I just want to throw this out there. Heedle was nineteen last season, of course. There were only four players in the league who were under 20 who scored more goals than he did last year. All of them were the fourth overall pick or above in their draft. Brady Kachuk, Svechnikov, Nico Heischer, Miro Heiskanen, who was, of course, a D. Heedle had 11 goals in 75 games. Not playing top power play minutes, not, you know, not having the best line mates, not getting nearly as much ice time as a lot of those other guys I just said. So... Did he look bad at center? Absolutely, 100%. Should he still be on the team? Absolutely, 100%. What are you excited about? We've done enough negativity. What are you excited about? Well, I, I, Caco. Tried, to, I tried to shine some silver linings in there. You were just all about the blackness. Yeah, I was you fired know, up, but now like I'm calm again. I just, it, I'm, I'm so annoyed with it. It's just the stigma that is now going around that like it's, it's abnormal to have emotions about the team. The same people who are like, oh, you're freaking out that Strom is the 2C? Like, it's just training camp or it's just practice. Well, n- and then what happened? Like, you're smart enough to know the way that uh, – you're firing me up again. All right, let's just go. What are you happy about? What Mike, are you excited about? Tell me, tell me what makes you – what makes com- you warm and fuzzy. A confident Leas Anderson that has the organization behind him. Leas confident Anderson. I He's just – Obviously, Cap goes Capco. Corco Cap, happy about him. Corporal Capro. Haven't heard of him before. Seems like a good kid, sweet kid. Um, obviously, you know, Booch Panarin, that developing bromance makes me happy. A big year from Mika makes me happy. Uh, I thought Jacob Truba looked... I think Jacob is going to shoot a hell of a lot of shots this year, by the way. He was ripping it in preseason. Just hella shots. And I'm here for it, especially because we, you know, we know what the underlying numbers are for him. He's not exactly... You know, a shutdown D-man, which is fine because that's not what the Rangers. You know, I don't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know what they think they got with Trupa, but they're paying him like he's a first pair, do everything guy, and more generally speaking, he's much better at the offensive side of the game. But I like the idea of Trupa in that big shot at even strength and on the power play, and of course, Adam Fox, and you know what, Libor. Happy about Libor too. I would say the Panarin Buchnevich connection, I think, is going to be something that it's like three years. It's three years of validation in the making, Michael. I mean that it's three years of fucking of like this is the validation that 
this is the right thing. That's what that's going to be. Um, on the flip side, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about Panarin. Kako obviously being in the on the number one power play unit and just, God, he's going to be something special. Um, very interested. This isn't really an excitement thing, but I'm very interested to see what happens with, uh, with the Shesterkin, you know, dynamic here because I do think he played really well in the preseason I think he kind of put himself in a position where the coaching staff kind of has to take a step back and say well shit maybe we got to give this guy a bit of a longer look Um, again just like a similar and not that this is a little bit different because I do think Georgiev played good enough to keep the role but it just feels like the Rangers said to themselves "Ah, this is what we're going to do like this is the way that it's going to be and you know that's it is what it is. The the Georgiev is going to make the team, and we're going to be happy as can be. So, um, just um, it's it's unfortunate because I am super excited for this team. I just think the fourth line is a disaster. I think the it, Rangers keeping Haley is a disaster. And you know, a disaster might not be the right terminology. I'm more worried about the third line because um, I feel like that's I'm more worried the about the second really line. Suffered. How do you how do you how do you put Kako? With Strom. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what is the thought process there? I'd really much, much rather have Vlad Domestikov there. I, honest to God, if you made me choose between between Strom and Domestikov, I'm going with Domestikov too. One of them can play two-way hockey. One of them and can't. One of what, them like, one of them might not be able to play the offensive hockey you think you're getting. Yeah, because he shot 20%. Also, did you know that Greg McKegg shot 22% last season? Yeah, the Rangers don't seem to have a good understanding of, like, what that means. I mean, for McKegg, like we've mentioned him a couple times, Greg McKegg is a fine depth signing. He's 750K one year. It's a harmless depth signing. Yeah, there's signing. no... He should be on the roster, just as the 13th forward. But fine, you can play him on the fourth line, whatever... I just don't understand. It's the Michael Haley thing that because everything ripples from there. You know what I mean? Like Haley's here, which means what are you thinking about Lemieux? What are you thinking about uh, Howden? What are you thinking? Like the comment that, well, they're not good enough for the top six, so we want them to develop. Well, what are you saying about Howden and Anderson? Anderson specifically, who looked like he deserved the 3C role. Like if he plays on the fourth line, do you not care about his development? I don't know. They better just let Leas figure it out this year, uh, with especially with how they handled Heedle. Like, yeah, last year. The best year. thing it's they ridiculous. could possibly do is just let goddamn <laughs> Leas Anderson figure it out. That's just, that's all they really need to do. And I predict the Rangers win eight nothing on Thursday. Eight to nothing. Eight nothing. You hear that, sons of bitches? Eight nothing. Eight Hold zero. On. All right, you ready to do questions? Yeah, because we have to do a mega show. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choke you. How does that sound? Oh yeah, they don't have Michael Haley on cap friendly. That's why yeah. Well, why would they? Because they didn't expect him to actually get signed. Yeah, because they have Nevis there. So you know, essentially, in a in a world, you know, I think you you and I would both much prefer a roster where you have, let's say, Howden maybe in the AHL, and and then you have uh, Michael Haley didn't happen. Um. And then, you know, it does get tight for fitting Kravtsov and Hedl in the lineup still. But I, I'm not I saying it would have been an easy decision. Yeah, I just I, I think that the Rangers just could have Kravtsov done this is better. fine in, in the AHL. I do think you and I both agree he had a great preseason. But I just I think about what Philip Hedl could do on this team that has so many of these young, interesting forwards. And 
well-established guys that are good, like Ryder and Panarin and Zibanejad. It just it makes me sad, Joe. Kevin Power, what are your biggest surprises and disappointments of the preseason? I mean, does Kako count as a surprise? No, he doesn't count. Then it's got to be Adam Fox and Kravstov, ironically enough. The fact that Heedle isn't here is the biggest surprise. Well, I don't think that's what Kevin means. Oh, what is he? What is he trying to say? I think Kevin's saying like, "Who are your biggest like? Wow, they surprised me, and wow, they were the biggest disappointment of the preseason." Not what the Rangers thought. I thought Vlad looked really good. I thought Vlad games. looked really good too, actually. And Shostyorkin, Georgiev, Hank looked surprisingly good, considering well, you know sometimes it oh, takes yeah. him a while to get going. Hank looked unbelievable, for God's sake. I was blown away by Hank. Um, what was that, buddy? Little joke. I should take, mute my microphone. Take it easy. Don't worry. Um, you know what? I like. I expected Booch to look good. He did look good, even though he didn't play a lot. And uh, Vlad really looked solid to me. And, of course, Elias looked great. I was really, really, really pleasantly surprised with how comfortable Kravstov looked with certain aspects of the game, but he did seem to shy away from contact and not really know, you know, it seemed like he was running out of space a lot when he had the puck on his stick. Um, so an adjustment to a faster game and a smaller rink might be a big factor there. Of course, Panarin looked like Panarin. Um, and, you know, I don't think Capo Caco surprised me. I do think he had a quiet like, a, you know, he played three games. I thought one of his games, I forget which one, he seemed very quiet to me in terms of, you know, just didn't didn't really, you know, blow the doors off or anything. This is thought, damn near sacrilege. I thought Kreider had a pretty quiet preseason. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. I don't have any... I really, really liked what I saw from Tarmoreo Nainen. We only saw him for the one game, I think. But uh, He got loaned back to Sweden, unfortunately. Yeah. We thought he was going to stick around. Back he to Finland. Not, yeah, so. yeah. Finland, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but he, yeah, I liked I liked what I saw from him. I said, you know what, that's, that's good. I think maybe, I tweeted about this earlier, Joe. This was the first time since 2007, since the Rangers gotten at least seven fights in the preseason. <laughs> because that Flyers game where... Who is it? Latari and Lemieux? Like, they had so many guys fighting for roles. Yeah, and like, of course, having Michael Haley around, he, he got three fights all on his lonesome. So, I guess that was one of my surprises. All the goddamn fights. But, uh, yeah, those are my surprises. Um, Lester, thoughts on pushing Leas up to the second line to center Kreider and Kako? I feel like he deserves a chance up there the way he started off this year. Can't see Strom being a staple on that line for long. Well, with the decisions the Rangers have already made, I agree with you. I think if it's between, you know, Strom, Anderson, and and Howden, Strom should be maybe the last person on that list. But you tell me, Michael. I don't hate the idea of Leas two C, especially if he's playing with a forward who can drive play like Ryder. I just think that line, you'd be asking a lot of Leas Anderson to produce you know if you're on that second line you're on a scoring line and you come with you know scoring expectations i do think it would be very fun to have leas and kako uh like under the tutelage of Kreider, and i'm much more here for that than ryan strome as the second line center um like my my silver lining look on all this is the rangers are just going to have strome there at 2c until they trade him at the deadline and hopefully inflate his value but uh he is i think he's still an rfa right so that's fun um i don't know joe i i 
it makes me sad thinking about that. I don't want to talk about Ryan Strom anymore. Well, Tim, are the Rangers potentially facing a 2C problem? I mean, yes. I, I, I don't think there's any way you can look at this organization and say, ah, Ryan Strom will work there. Because Strom... <sighs> I'm 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 almost disappointed in like the coaching staff. I don't know. I don't know what their thought process is. My big question is: Will this problem be here next year or the year after? And you know, this is a very gloomy like this is a very gloomy outlook. Um, I think it's safe to say that this organization, like this team, might look much different in a couple of weeks or around Thanksgiving. But again, I feel like we keep saying that, and I feel like every time that we say that. We're, we're hurt. Like, something happens, and it's like, well, we should have seen that coming. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many times you can say, ah, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt until they stop. Until Like, you have to stop earning that opportunity somewhere. That's all. Yeah. You jerk faces. I definitely think music. that one. Uh, Tim also asks, any 2019-2020 bold New York Rangers predictions? Ooh. I'm going to say Truba scores 60 points. You are a goddamn madman. Um, well, I think that power play is going to be just fucking lights out. Bold predictions. I think I want my bold prediction to be tied to Buchnevich. I think Buchnevich puts up 98 million points. Mm. Mm. Uh, Buch had 38 last year in 64 games. The year before he had 43. I say Buch cracks, cracks 52. Ooh, look at you. If he stays oh. uh, with that Panarin guy. All fancy. Fun. All fancy. All right, let's get to the next question before my son screams. Panarin 2020. Why Michael Haley and McGreg make over Hedl and Anderson? Or Hedl and Kravstoff, Michael? That's a great question. I feel like that is part of team culture. I think I would imagine my guess is that... David Quinn had a heavy say in that about, you know, what he thinks is best for a guy like Heedle. Of course, he knows Heedle. He worked with him for 75 games last season. He saw Heedle in that bottom six role, and maybe he's thinking he can't fit Philip Heedle or justify Philip Heedle in the top six, especially at that 2C. And so he's likely saying to himself, you know, we have our top four wingers set on this team. You know, we have Panarin. We have Kreider on the left, and we have Bujnevich, and we have Capo Caco. So the question becomes, do you have Hedl, if you don't trust him at 2C, do you have him at 3C or as a winger on the third line? Well, that's where he was last year. So how will he get better if he's in a similar situation than he, than he was last year? And I'm imagining that's why the coaching staff and Gorton have elected to play him in Hartford where you know he can play 22 minutes a night well did they even make that like I don't think Haley and McKegg made the team over Hedl and Kravstov I think the Rangers were very clear that like Kravstov and Hedl if they were not top six they were not making what the happened team. what happened is Strom won 2C from Hedl well, one that, quote unquote yeah but no I'm just saying from the eyes of the from management like that is what happened which caused a series of dominoes to fall which results in well who would you rather have you know uh you know michael haley at 13th forward or on the fourth line or we keep philip or kravstov on the fourth line and the answer 
that's the right answer is to have someone that's going to play eight minutes a night. You don't want Hedl or Kravstov doing that. It's just bad for them by any way you cut it. The thing that is so disappointing, Joe, is the concept of Brendan the Mew not on the fourth line, um, the concept of Strom at 2C, and how that can kind of, you know, play a role in, you know, kind of hampering the growth of, or hampering a unique opportunity for these kids, especially Hedl. Kravstov's fine. I want to reiterate that in the HL. Let him, let him figure it out there for, you know, 20 games, revisit, see where he is. But I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's so tough with Hedl. I know that it's, I know that he looked awful at 2C. I still think I'd did rather, he, when did he play 2C? When was he the 2C? I'd rather him be on the third line as a wing. Well, you talk for a little while, and I'll I'll look up his ice time stuff. Well, don't 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 put this back on me. I, I mean, you just you just asked me a question. I'm just saying, like, there's this you're just continued uh, whatever it is. I'm just firing myself you're, up. You're, well, your car got stranded. You were in the woods. I am fired up today. I have you're, to say, you were eating I'm, bugs. I'm pretty fired up. I'm Why are you eating bugs in the woods, you stupid bastard? I just can't help myself. So, Hedl's most frequent line mates in preseason. Uh, Kravstov, 19 minutes 57 at even strength, by the way. Only even strength, not 5 on 5. I expanded to even strength for preseason, frankly, so we have a little more data to work with. Uh, Kreider after him, and then Ryan Strom after him. 15.52 and 15.43. And then it's a long gap. So those are the three forwards he played the most with. Kravstov, a baby rookie out of Russia. Kreider, who should be able to make any young center look good. And Ryan Strom. Who is the 2C that usurped him from the lineup. So, yeah. Again, uh, Hedl didn't earn it. I'm not saying that. I don't think Mike is either. But neither did Strom. Strom is not the... And Howden is the same way, unfortunately. Yeah. And a poorly conceived and poorly understood reputation, really. Like well, this idea yeah. that Strom can be like a competent second line guy is is really rough. He's a bottom six player. That his real value, frankly, is that you know because <laughs> he's not a great skater. Um, he's not great away from the puck by any stretch. Although the Rangers did try him on a penalty kill late last season. That was fun. Um, his real value was really that he's kind of versatile and, you know, every once in a while he shows these flashes of skill that, you know, was enough to entice scouts when he was such a highly coveted prospect. But the whole game is just not there and it's never going to get there with Ryan Strom. And that's okay. He's still a serviceable bottom six guy, but that's having a guy like that end up at the 2C at the expense of Someone who, you know, everyone was thinking, Joe, for the next three, four, five, six, however many long years you can keep Zibanejad around. Zibanejad one, Heedle two. We're all ready for it. It just seems like the coach not there for doesn't us. think Phillips, Phillips there. So that's why we're here. Boomy, if Heedle or Krovstov get called up, is that at the expense of Anderson or, uh, he says Hayek, but I think he means Howden, i.e. a cycle of kids getting yanked back and forth all season? Yeah. That is a wonderful question. That is a good question. I would imagine... I would hope not. I really would. But, I mean, again, we're we're in a position now where, like... I don't know. I don't know. We're in a position where, like, I need to see it. You know what I mean? It needs to be shown you to me. You need to see it, but the other part of this is we need to consider the fact that 
there's three guys on the team who are waivers exempt in terms of forwards. You have Kappa Kako. He's not going on waivers. I mean, he's not going to the AHL. You have Leah Sanderson. You have Brett Houghton. So if there is some sort of rotation in terms of, like, we want to give a kid a wake-up call, I would imagine it will go Howden first, then Leas. But there's no guarantee. Like, we've seen what the coaching staff has done with Leas in the past and management in the past. So, I mean, he has earned the 3C out of, out of camp, which is awesome, which is ahead of Howden on the depth chart. But that could change in a hurry. Apparently, Brett Howden's really cut. If Kako gets sent down for one of these kids... There will be murderous rage from the fan base. I just, I don't think it's going to be that. Uh, Josh Zarkin, what's an acceptable point PPG, oh, I guess point per game, for yeah, Hedl and Kravstov in the AHL? Oh, that's a I mean, Hedl's in a dip. like, Hedl should put up 60 or 70 points in the AHL. I'm sorry. Kravstov, Kravstov, if he puts up 40, 45, I think that's a good year. Well... So there's, there's a couple things to keep in mind. The AHL season is shorter um, by, I think, like 10 games or so, right? Heedle thus far in his career, I just wanted to check this because I know he did very well in his little taste. He had 31 points in 46 AHL games. So I would expect, you know, 0.67 for his career. I would expect at least 0.75 this season in terms of what what we hope to see from him. Like... The thing is, he did look very good last season in in his limited role, right? Um, as for Kravstov, I don't know. I would say, you know, maybe close to like a 0. 0.6, 0. 0.55 point per game guy until he figures it out. It's it's interesting in Hartford. Like their preseason is also, uh, you know, a couple of games ago it started. Hartford has so much on the blue line now. It's crazy. They signed uh, Mason Geertsen and God, already on Elite Prospects show, you see Philip Heedle on the Hartford Wolfpack. It's horrible, isn't like. it? It's a terrible thing I to really, see. I really, really don't like it. Um, but like, there's... It's it's fascinating because last season, it was that Fogarty, Letieri, and actually Grop for a long time. That was the top scoring line in Hartford after they shipped away uh, Peter Holland, remember, for, uh, who was it, for Radish, right? For Darren Radish. And now you have, like, you have Kravstov and Heedle there. Screw those other guys. That, that's the start of your new top line. You know what I mean? Um, although I'm sure they're going to want to play them with established guys. So we'll see what happens. But, like, Fogarty was, you know, supposedly going to be one C in Hartford. But if, if Philip Heedle isn't playing center ice in Hartford. I'm going to be ready to start putting holes in drywall. Well, Gordon said he would be. But well, there you go. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's such a dumb... It's, he said he would be, but, you know, it's so does that dumb. mean that is still the case? And I don't know. Like, again, you're putting so much on an organization that has been a tire... F- like, Hartford has been a disaster. You're putting so much on Hartford just to suddenly and although turn things around. I really like the coaching staff they put in place. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. New coaching They're... staff. It's a, it's a radically changed roster. It, it's a roster where they went out of their way, Joe, to bring in a lot of established veterans like Danny O'Regan, like Harry Zolnerchuk. Uh, you know, Fogarty is 26 now, which is crazy to me. They also brought in Phil DiGiuseppe, who of course had to pass through waivers to land in Hartford, and of course there's Matt Bolesky. So there are guys there that are just like good enough to be 
really damn good AHL level players. And then you're going to have these 19 and 20 year old kids in the mix. It's just a little. What's the word, Joe? Unideal. I don't know. You just paused. I know. I'm just thinking. Fish Zeus, now that Leas can be assumed to take the third line center spot, what are some re- realistic projections for his production? It's a great question, because who's he playing with? He's playing with Lemieux. And who did I say when I did the lines? It's Lemieux and, um, oh, who did you say, buddy? I don't know. This is the worst podcast of all time. It's Howden. No, it's not oh, Le- It's Lemieux and Howden. Oh, no. it's Howden on the wing? No. Is it? No, it's not. All right. This is terrible podcasting. You know what? This is why I donate to the Patreon because this is what we have to we do this professionally. It is it's 48 McKegg, 28 14. Said. It is McKegg. He's, you're not going to get much offense out of that line. I don't know what that line's point is. Um there I tell you what that line's point is. They're the line that's going to work really hard and be called a checking line and get scored on a lot. I mean, the fourth line is going to be pretty solid if Howden can figure shit out. Yeah, so... With Fast and Nemestikov, I was begging for that last year. Leas has eight career points in 49 career games. So let's say I want to hope for 25 points out of Leas Anderson. 30 points. Let's say that. Fair. Keep it reasonable. It's just such an easy thing to get fired up about. Philip, you're so ghosting. I really am cranky. I mean, you know what the thing is, Michael? My car battery. Let me let me just tell you about my day. Okay, I get into the parking lot off the train. You know what fucking happens? I get into my car. I got out early. I was getting ready to eat dinner. I I put the key in the fucking slot. I turn the key. Nothing happens. No noise. No lights. Mm -hmm. No nothing. The car is literally as dead as can be. So I'm fucking annoyed. I call AAA. The AAA guy comes. He's got, I'm in a train parking lot, okay? So it's embarrassing enough that I need to have somebody come jump my car because I don't have the things so that I can jump. Not jumper cables. I don't have, like, one of those self-charge fire-up things, okay? I'm sitting in my car because I'm afraid of mosquitoes because EEE is out there, so protect yourselves. Um I see this car drive by with like yellow lights on it. And I'm like, oh, that must be him. Drives past the parking lot. Comes back, drives past the parking lot. Calls me on the phone, says, hey, I can't find you. I tell him how to get to me. By the time he gets to me and the next train comes, everybody's there looking at me. He pops the hood. He looks at my battery. He jiggles the fucking wire and the car turns on. My car battery wasn't dead. The wire, I guess the positive wire, was not connected properly, and all he did was jiggle it. And then my car worked. So, like, in a way, yes, it was great because I didn't have to pay money, and, you know, I thought I was going to be buying a new battery, but in another way, fuck, man, come on. You should have at least popped the hood, you doofus. I did pop the hood. You should have at least jiggled something. That's well, the first I, thing I, you I, I didn't think about jiggling. What, I'm going to have TV the battery fuzzy, connect to life jiggle. and then blow my arm off? Not on my no, watch. Like, think about it. Like, if the TV is fuzzy, you jiggle it. Yeah, well, okay. The insinuation that it would be that your car battery would need to be jiggled. Are you too young for uh, SNES? Not really. You're talking about blowing into the fucking game yeah, console? You, you blow into the game, you, you shake it around, you clack it. You know it what happened if slot. I blew into the battery, Michael? My face would have been ripped off. I need my face to see the words that I write not, on the website. I don't think that's how electricity works. I'm almost positive it's how electricity works. 
Didn't Tesla kill or Edison kill a, an elephant with it? Yeah, Ed- but Edison was like a sadistic fuck. That's he was like, a bad guy. Tesla was the real hero. Tesla was a real hero. Also, Benny Franklin. Felipe Ghostine. Hey, guys, here's some over-under team stats I want you to project. Rangers power play, over-under 23%. Under. I'm going to say under as well. Under. Rangers PK, over-under 81%. Oh, God. Oh, uh, no. I'm going to say just over. Just over, to You're it's... fucking copying me. Uh, Rangers goalies combined save percentage for 915 Combined? Yes, like what they would be, like Any their strength average. Strength or all strengths? Uh, I'm going to say all strengths. Uh, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. Who would be the point totals leader among forwards and defensemen? Panera and Truba. Mm, I'm, I'm going to go Panera and yeah, Truba, but D'Angelo is going to give him a run for his money. He's going to need the ice time. Donovan Carr, in a fight to the death out of the Blue Shirt Banter staff, who would win? And now, oh, well, that's the first question. Mike, probably, because everyone likes me, no one wants to come for me. And then everyone forgets that I'm six foot two. Yeah, but in a fight to the death, I mean, you're going to listen. You're gonna, I would have ahead, a hard time you're killing you. Drop. In a fight to the death, we would I have, have to kill you. Killing, yeah. You know what? Then it probably is with me. You're too nice to kill. I don't think you're necessarily too, too nice, nice to, to be kill. killed. I think I would do well in the Mortal Kombat aspect of it, but not the uh, the complete dispatch. I am karate trained, so... I think Tom is in the same boat as me. He's too nice. He wouldn't be able to kill. He's also a big guy. Like, if I had to strangle Tom to death, it would take me all day. All day it would take me. You, well, you wouldn't I, strangle I, him to death. I'd worry about you in a one-on-one, because you're a big guy, too. There you go. You're built like a lineman. You call me fat, son of a bitch? No, I said you're built like a lineman. Linemen are kind of fat. Um, okay, now that question again, if the current roster... We didn't roster- even answer the goddamn question. Well, I, I'm going to win. I would win. Uh, I don't think you'd win. I think all. I would. Who's going to beat me? Me. You, we just agreed that you wouldn't beat me. No, if I, if, I could, if I had to kill anyone, I would very happily kill you. Okay. I'd just raise your children better than you could ever do. <laughs> would you? <laughs> You'd have to come, move into the house. It's fine. I'll take care of it all. Uh, okay, now he asks the fight to the First death. First thing I would do is feed Wizardy more often, you son of a bitch. I just fed Wizardy last night. Where's the picture of Wizardy? Uh, well, I, he's in the basement. In a filthy cage. That's always your excuse. Take two seconds to go down to the basement. Well, the basement's scary at night. This yeah, you didn't think of that, did you? Didn't want to jiggle his own battery. Did you think? Well, no, I don't. Uh, Michael, That's why you're going to lose. You're scared of the dark and you're scared of batteries. Well, if I'm you gonna, were wielding a car battery, I think that would be an instant. Well, then I get a weapon and I'm going to choose a katana. Sparklers. It's going to scare the shit out of you. Choose a katana. Just fucking go out there. And just, I shoot yeah. a gun that shoots sparklers. At you. Well, you're just changing your weapons, and that's not allowed. You shoot a sparkler directly up your pee hole. Well, now, now, see, now, now you're getting brave. Okay. Uh, who would win that fight for the death if the Rangers, the current roster coaches included? The current rosters? Coach? Now a question more Rangers related. Who would win that fight to the death of the current ro- oh, of the current roster with coaches included, he's saying. Oh, right, right, right. Kreider. I mean, Kreider, see, Truba, I think, is up there. Kreider is built like a tree, though. He's got thighs like Christmas hams. Yeah, but Truba's a monster. People. He can also play the Russians. Tony D'Angelo? Lemieux? No. 
D'Angelo's five ten, five eleven. Uh, yeah, but you're you're not thinking about like just the the the, the will to kill. No, there's a reason there's separate goddamn weight division. D'Angelo? No. D'Angelo wouldn't have a hope in hell. I think you're massively... You're talking about a fight to the death? Like, you, you're you fighting Scrappy. You just need to fight Chris Scrappy. Chris Kreider could fucking snap Tony D'Angelo in half. Chris Kreider is a nice man, Michael. Are you saying Tony D'Angelo isn't? I, I think Kreider's nicer than D'Angelo. Hmm. That's all just I have to saying. say to you. Crowder's a nice boy. I got a um, thing. Hold on. Joey. I, no. Don't shut your mouth. Shut your mouth when I'm talking to you. Let me think. I'm going to look at this roster. Oh, my God. You, you've you already lost. Shut up. You shut lost already. Mouth. No. Crowder's This is why three. I would win the fight to Mark the death. Mark Stahl is the biggest on the team, Who, but he's a Size means very little in this fight to the death. They're not going to be wrestling each other. Do you think Tony D'Angelo... Who's 181 pounds and five foot eleven is going to beat Chris Kreider, who's 225 pounds and six foot three in a fight to the death? You're I think out it would be. Goddamn mind. I think it would be a better fight than you think. That's 40 pounds. That's a that's a conjoined twin. It just means that D'Angelo can just get in there quickly. Get in there quick. Kreider is faster than D'Angelo. On ice, they're not fighting on ice. It's a fight to the death. <laughs> Who says where the fight is? Was the Hunger Games on ice, Michael? Part of it was. That was the whole point of the Hunger Games. Shit changed. No, please. You please. So maybe on that portion, you would see Kreider have a distinct advantage, but... Panarin's dead in a minute, by the way. He's too small. He's dead. Well, we, yeah, we're not talking about Panarin. I you know who would have done well? St. Louis. Small, but thighs like a monster. You're an idiot. Joey. Hey, guys. Do McKagan Haley contribute... The fight to the death, by the way. You're, you're just talking about size. No, He's a baby. He doesn't know how to kill. He doesn't know what it feels strength. like to have warm blood running down his hands. I'm thinking about strength, you doofus, which yeah, is why I no, think you're, you're, not a bad pick you're, at all. You're lazily going about this. A fight to the death involves killing another human being. You need to have the mindset. Chris Kreider. How many goalies has Chris Kreider killed? Well, accidentally, 11? Michael. That's right. He kills people by accident. That's how powerful he is. No, Check he can me. only use his powers accidentally. And Wizardy in the fight picture. to the death, there is no accident. The people demand it. Henry people demand would, what? Would do well, but he wouldn't last long. He would just—he would use the Zoolander-like look. No, one, yeah, no one. Would Magnum. Then nobody would be able to do anything about it. I'd imagine the teammates would turn on D'Angelo quickly. So, but it's Same a fight to true. the death. You're not—you're not partnering up with people. Uh, if it's Battle Royale, I, I don't know what about this is confusing you. Best friend first, you stupid bastard. I just—I don't understand what about this is confusing you. This is a very simple. I don't like the way you—you you talk to me, the way you hold me, and I. Well, maybe if you had better ideas about fights to the death, this wouldn't be a problem. But here we are. Joey, hey guys, do McKagan Haley contribute anything defensively? And with Kravstov gone, what do you see the PP2 looking like? I mean, McKeg might be okay in his own end. Haley is a disaster top to bottom. Haley is here for one reason and one reason only. It's one word, one reason. Face punching. One word. And frankly, he lost all three of his preseason fights. So I mean... I'm not a big guy in, in terms of, like, I very much respect the guys who fight. I don't like fighting in hockey, but I deeply respect, like, uh, things like the code and what guys have the way they have to earn their living and how they, st- they you know, once their ticket is punched at the NHL. The fact that he's 33 and has managed to do this is pretty impressive in its, in its own way, but 
making more money about than a me. guy who's an effective hockey player it just it's that's not who michael haley is he's a he's a five foot eleven 200 pound fighter in a league that doesn't care about players in his role anymore and he used to be a guy who was really well known remember joe back in his day he was with the islanders he was mr hit everything on the ice he threw more hits than anyone but he's 33 now so he's lost that speed which means guess what joe doesn't throw a lot of hits if you know he's gonna throw hits don't get me wrong but it's not gonna be like the guy he was you know eight well, years ago good thing michael the rangers are general manager have a general manager that thinks that he's useful so final question david l singer did the rangers just make themselves much more or excuse me much less compelling to watch by relegating krovstov hedel and shesterkin to the minors i wouldn't say shesterkin that was a given compelling to watch i mean they're going to be compelling to watch regardless you got truba you have fox you have um Panarin, obviously, Buchnevich, Zabanajad. Like, there's plenty of Kako. There's plenty of things to be thrilled about with this lineup. I think there we're, is. Mike and there I have really been kind is, of, we're, we're focusing on the negatives because, again, my car exploded and I'm fired up. Um, well, it, 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 it felt like it exploded. There's still three rookies on this team. It's right? like the you scene have... in The Office when they're like, somebody poops on Michael's carpet and he goes, it's a hate crime. And Oscar goes, well, it's not a hate crime. Michael goes, well, I hated it. So you have Levar Hayek, rookie. I love how you're Adam just Fox, ignoring that rookie. comment, just moving right I on. I laughed at it, you prick. And I know, but then that was it. You were done. It wasn't like, Joe, how did you? I'm trying to get back to the question. You're such a jerk. You're a jerk. Don't take you out your death. grumpy bullshit on me. God, you, you guys are so, you have no idea. Those of you that enjoy this podcast, Mike is the only reason this podcast exists. I'm just thinking about going like I just want to get on the train, break into your house in the middle of the night, and just start wrestling you without an explanation. Just to just to prove a point to that you're a big I mean, what's guy. The point? But like I'm gonna grab your hair. What are you gonna do? Grab my beard? I'm just I'm, Joe. I'm gonna hurt you, so Mike. Much. I am a first degree black belt in Taekwondo. I promise. I grew you. up with fucking four older brothers. That means nothing. I saw I one of your brothers. Like, he is thin from, as a rail. He is thin no. as a rail. Who was that? Kevin. He's thin as a rail. <laughs> He used to be a big guy. Kevin, I love you. You're thin as a rail. You would be absolutely demolished in this fight. He's thin as death. a rail because life has choked all the nutrients out of him. Well, it doesn't. I'm just saying that. What a horrible thing to say. I'm just saying that you think you're you think you're tough because you had three brothers. No, because tough. I went from breast milk to blood in my mouth because that's the way Irish brothers are. That's uh, well, that's fine, but they're thin as rails. They didn't no, eat their potatoes. That's what that comes down to. Two of my brothers in person. You don't know what my brothers look like. Right, and neither of them are enormous. And Connor is very small. He's gangly, though. So, so that's your argument? Your argument is no. that you have these these hobbit-like brothers that you've been no, beating you up idiot, on? I am sorry. I, I, didn't, I entered a world where I had brothers who were already 16 and 15. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael. I used to get into a fight with my girl cousin Barbara, and she was a scrappy, <laughs> scrappy. <laughs> Me and Babs used to fight. She at, was a scrappy one, all right, from Brooklyn. It was tough stuff. Oh yeah, tough stuff. So did she teach? Look at how I turned out. Jiggle a goddamn cable, you stupid bastard. Okay, you know what? Now you've hurt me. The guy. I mean, I have to say, the AAA guy was really nice. He was like, "Yeah, next time, just dri- just you know, jiggle the wire." And I was like, what "The Did fuck!" He pat you on the head and give you a lollipop. 
no, he was like super thankful that I wasn't a jerk that it took him a while to get to me because he drove like back and forth. You know who I'm wins a nice the fight guy. to the death for the Rangers? Greg McKeck. He's got a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. All right. Did the, did, did, are the Rangers less compelling to watch? No. Uh, I would say maybe a little bit less, but they're still a very compelling team to watch. Like, if, you know, this is just like not having the cherry on top of your ice cream, it's still goddamn ice cream. Yeah. It well. just would have been nicer with a cherry. A little more sprinkles. Do you like a rainbow sprinkles or you like a chocolate sprinkles? I'm more of a rainbow sprinkle guy. Do you like do you like the you know little dash sprinkles or do you like little dots? Um, no, I like the dash. I like the dash too, but I like chocolate. Are there even dots? Yeah, they do like the little dots are like. No, I don't see. I don't like the dots because the dots aren't tender. They're like crunchy. Yeah. There's also yeah. There's like the sugar ones. You know, yeah. it's like little sugar crystals. Those okay. are just garbage. Get those away from me. Do you have the uh, Patreon thing up? No, but I can get it up. Well, why, don't you, time. why don't you pull it up? You tell me I'm not supposed to prepare for the show. I'll sing for the people. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. No, is it up yet? No. Nobody knows yeah, my struggles. I thought it was here. Yeah. Okay. Hey, right. by the way, subscribe on iTunes. Leave five stars. Um, I want to know what the, who the people think would win the fight. I don't think any of us in banter would kill Shayna because no one would want to be accused. No, of we not. can't. We can't think that way. We're fighting to the death. It does not matter that Shayna is a wonderful person. You have to smash your head in if you can. You know, Matt's new to the team. I'd probably take out Matt first. Uh, yeah, but again, while you're focused on Matt, Jack we're just is, out here. Jack is very young. I don't think I want to kill Jack. But see, he's got his the, whole life ahead of him. You're already thinking in a way that will get you killed. I'm thinking about that now. But when when the money's on the line and the tiger's out of the cage, the tiger's out of the goddamn cage. Well, when there's blood in the water, Joe, the sharks they feast. The eyes roll up. Adam Nahowick, Aiden Gaspar, Alex Gardner, Mario Kistner, Andre Chicago, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris O'Connor, CJ Vavola, Craig Lachlan, Dan Carosi, Dan Zappard, Daniel Dejen, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, probably a better singer than Joe, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, George Lippmann, Igor Soslovsky, James Dangles, Jeffrey Stein, Jermaine Francis, John Pritzpelski, John Reppy, Johnny Olo, Jordan Sassone, Joshua Zarkin, Keith Franchillo, Manny from SC, Matt from Brooklyn, Mediogre, Michael Canick, Michael Marcus, Michael Scott, Michael Silvers, Panarin2020, Patrick Landolt, Sammy Vogel-Seidenberg, Stephanie Benvengo, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, The Tin Man, Thomas Osa, Toy from Manhattan, Trevor Kepner, and Beep Boop Beep Boop, WMM39, Robot. Beep Boop. Mike is a nipple. <laughs>